2: This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast.
1: We got 99 problems. We got a game five in the Eastern Conference Finals. And we got our nasal passages going haywire here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott with you on this Thursday afternoon as always presented buy progressive insurance and guess what we got a Chris here on this Thursday afternoon Chris Carlin host of this show on ESPN radio kind enough to jump on with us for a couple minutes and the whole topic of cologne perfume is something that Randy and I got into we really don't know the true root of it this afternoon but it is Mm. spread like wildfire much like the cologne that Randy wore back in the day the Michael Jordan (laughs) cologne that broke all over his gym bag and stunk up his high school bus so so Chris I have to ask you I know you're from Jersey yeah and when we we had Diana, and apparently Jersey people have a scent. I didn't know this. Um, what, do you remember the first cologne that you had back in the day that maybe now you regret wearing, Axe Body Spray?
0: Uh, yeah, uh, Drakkar.
1: Drakkar okay. yes. Noir.
0: Yes. Oh, my God.
1: We Okay, I'm not trying to, like, go ageist here and, you know, make you myself know sound young. I don't know it. I don't yeah. know what jute is, jupe, whatever it's called. I don't know. Oh, it I don't know sense. that
0: one. Uh, yeah, I don't know that one. I don't think it's ageist. I just think, you know, you haven't... You don't know it. Drakarn I, Noir. N-O-I-R. Yeah, it was... Man, it was... Like, you're just... I'm triggered right now, man. Like, that <laughs> that, that, that I wore that stuff. And not only that... Like, I can very clearly remember in the 90s, like, going out with friends and we're going to the bowling alley and I'm putting on my dracar. Yes. <laughs> like, that, it, like, I don't know if I've ever uttered a more New Jersey sentence in my life
2: <laughs> than that.
0: <laughs> but yeah, that absolutely happened. And I, no question, there was no, like, throwing it up into the air and dancing under it. It was, let me slather this on the sides of my massive head. It was, oh God, oh I, man.
3: I can sm- you say Drakkar Noir and I'm taken back to crossing a middle school gym floor during the 8th grade dance because the opening notes of One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boyston Men are playing and I've got to go slow dance with a girl because that's the only dancing I can do is slow <laughs> dance. So I got four shots at it over the course of a 2 hour dance and you needed to save enough room for the holy ghost right between yourself and the person that you're dancing with because they walk around <laughs> Depends and, and they move you, and they move you apart all right i want to get to your to your take on spoilers because i ha- i i take it upon myself i'm i'm with you first of all i take it upon myself to watch these things as quickly as possible because it shouldn't my uh inability to watch the show either in real time or in close proximity to it shouldn't impact anybody else's day. So when Game of Thrones was on, I would watch it on my drive in Sunday night and Monday morning for Sports Center AM. I'd put it on in my car on the on the speakers. I would listen to the episode so that I wouldn't have to hold people up and we can make references during the Monday morning Sports Center. So I am with you. I'm just wondering what your time period is.
0: Well, listen, I I want to be more than fair. I understand that some people can't watch it immediately. My thing is that when we have a show that is as popular as this is that people are locked in on uh, within a day or so of when it comes out, that we should be able to talk about it by Tuesday. I don't think that's outlandish. But yet, I have been shushed so much in the last <laughs> month and a half by people because by Wednesday, by Thursday, by Friday, I haven't seen it. I'm four episodes behind. I'm this, I'm that. Your entitlement should not hold back from my enjoyment of being able to talk about something. And, and I get it. Your entitlement is born out of technology, and I respect that. But this is not like one of those shows that, uh, you know, I just haven't gotten to that show yet. This is like a hot show that's going on right now that a lot of people are into, and you're going to read articles about all week long because it's the last of it coming up this weekend. So to me, that's where I'm drawing the line. If you have not seen it yet, that is your problem. Get away from me and don't listen. I don't, I don't need you to hear what I have to say. And it's not on me to make sure that your enjoyment is intact because you would rather watch that than, you know, I had, I had an, an hour after the fact, after the game the other night, on Sunday night, I'll watch it an hour later after it happens. It's just, come on. So, uh, no,
3: the person no, I don't I'm have any sympathy for though Carlin is the one that's like saving it like for binging, like if you're a binger and I can't talk yes. about it, no,
0: no, 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 if you have them all on your d v r or you haven't um you decided that this one I'm gonna binge later on, and it's two months later, like Nick Fernell came on here last night, said a month,
1: like what that's nuts.
0: a month,
1: yeah the wh- the way It made that me you feel like a philistine,
0: it. you know. <laughs>
1: Turn your notifications off. Like I ran through this last night because the Vanderpump Rules part one of the reunion was on, and I went out to dinner, so I wasn't going to be able to watch it live, and I DVR'd it. I also didn't go on Twitter and look for anything, and if there was something, I scrolled right past it. That's a simple way of helping myself and keeping everybody else keeping the peace elsewhere. So you don't have the fights that break out from people who don't abide by these arcane spoiler rules. But Nick Fidal, I mean, a month. Are you a month. Me? How do you have time? Like to even I don't know. That one, that that's just a wild one to me. It's what's also wild too is the it's the scent conversation that we were on. We want to hear from you on this. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine. Three, seven, seven, six. What was the first cologne or perfume you started wearing as a kid? We've gotten some really good answers on this this afternoon. And we want to hear from you coming up here shortly on Kenny and Carlin. Chris Carlin joining us here on ESPN Radio, and so we do have a game five. We have some actual sports to talk about uh, coming our way a little bit later tonight. The Heat are now in Boston for game five. All of a sudden, everybody wants to say this is a series being made in the process, that if Boston wins tonight, it goes down to Miami. We know how well they play on the road. Are we giving the Celtics too much credit to pull off this bounce back simply because the Heat are without Gabe Vincent? Like, am I reading that correctly from the people who have the optimism Randy Scott that this thing is going (laughs) to <laughs> to go to seven games
0: chris yeah i listen i i gabe vincent has played exceptionally well am i going to be surprised if the heat lose tonight i'm not but i don't think all of a sudden that this whole dynamic is changing i, I the heat have dominated this series they have dominated this series uh frankly on the celtics part it's shameful that the Heat have dominated this series. So because they win a game the other night, I'm supposed to all of a sudden uh, buy into the fact that they have figured it out. This is a team that has not all along not really taken it all that seriously. I mean, there have been plenty of times in this series where Boston could have stepped back up and taken control, and they haven't. So because they win one game, I'm supposed to get excited. I, I heard this line in a TV show the other night, and it's 100% true. The Celtics are, and Joe Mazzulla is masterful at being great when it's too late. <laughs> and that really is true. I'm well, surprised that he didn't come out the other day, Courtney, like after game four, and say, oh, you all, you guys want to talk about adjustments now? Like, you you want to pull that yes, again? Yes. You know? Uh, uh, honestly. I, I'm not... Gonna sit here and jump on the fact that the Celtics uh, are gonna come back and make this a series.
1: Well, don't tell anybody what that show is because I don't want the people who are anti-spoiler alerts coming at you on your own show, Candy and Carlin. That is Chris Carlin. You know uh, what? Be-
0: you know what, Courtney? Screw them. It's White House Plumbers. Screw them. I love that show.
1: <laughs> what What is that on? I've never heard it. That,
0: that is on. Uh, HBO Max. I believe it's on HBO Max.
3: Yeah.
1: Now known as Max.
3: Woody Harrelson is great, even if his his accent. Carlin, a little yes. annoying. That that little it, like I've got something in my mouth accent.
0: It's a great parody. It really is a great yeah. great parody. But anyway, it, 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 it she says that about Woody Harrelson. His wife says that about him. He's uh, brilliant when it's too late. Okay, his okay. his
3: wife is Cersei from Game of Thrones.
0: Oh, is that true? Yeah. See, I didn't. I wasn't a Game of Thrones guy.
3: Okay, it's a very cool. Cast is is my point. You're the first person I've talked to who also watches that show, Carlin.
0: Well, there you go. Yeah, I think it's excellent. Well, Courtney, don't tell you would me, enjoy it.
1: Yeah, don't tell me about what it's what the plot is because well, I don't want to have to Well, it's about Watergate, so I think out. you know
0: how it worked out. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I do think I know how that one ended. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, on that note, appreciate the time as always, Chris.
0: If I could read the text that I just got about this conversation, but I can't, like one friend of mine starts it so lucky for you. You have so much free time in your life you lazy blank of blank. You, <laughs> other people can't get the things, so screw you.
1: <laughs> well, apparently if you're Randy Scott, you're driving and watching TV at the same time. Don't know how that works. I believe that you are actually watching the show. I mean, you can't listen to Game of Thrones. It's not a podcast. So not exactly sure how Randy Scott pulled that off. Maybe you have a driver. You're just making the big bucks here on the Sports Center. Oh, yeah. That you've That's got the it. driver taking you from the Boston area <laughs> to Bristol. When you can just watch your Game of Thrones so you don't have to worry about the spoiler alerts <laughs> and having it ruined for you. And then Chris and I can go about our day in peace and we don't have to worry about telling the plot of something that happened uh, in a show. So, Chris, I, I, I'm I, surprised, will,
0: I uh, will... Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised he drove it. He didn't chop her down.
1: I mean, okay, where is this coming...
3: Let's let the man go.
1: Let's let the man go. <laughs> we'll let him go, but I'm going to I'm gonna follow up with you on some more uh, TV tidbits that uh, need to get yep. into. So that's Chris Carlin, host of this show, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Today you've got Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott in the driver's seat, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. Just a reminder, we do have a Game 5 in the Eastern Conference Finals coming up tonight. Celtics hosting the Heat, presented by Indeed. Coverage beginning 8 p.m. Eastern time on most ESPN Radio stations. And over on Siri. XM channel 80. So the conversation of the day, Triple Eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Really gearing up for uh, sports talk radio uh, in the summer sort of topics here. Which was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing as a kid? We want to hear from you. Triple Eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Hit us up on the CC call in line. I was going through my memories of this, Randy, like Abercrombie Eight, and kind of what that triggered for me and my nose and everything else, because I'm I'm really sensitive to to sense. Like I've got to wear the right one, and it, because if I don't, I'll get I'll, I'll physically get ill. It will give me a migraine, and yeah. so I go through the process of testing perfumes to make sure that if I'm gonna invest in something, it's not gonna make me sick. Otherwise, I'm throwing out a probably pretty expensive bottle of perfume. So I go back to, like, 8-year-old Courtney, who was at the drugstore with her mom or, like, even the grocery store, and there was this thing called Juice Bar. I, I was trying to, like, find it. I'm like, 90s cologne, 90s perfume for women, and I found this women's body mist that I used to buy back in, like, I don't know, 1998. It's called Juice Bar, and it was, like... What does it say? Refresher spray cotton candy. I think I figured out what messed up my senses and all of the oh. problems that I have with smell because I used to wear this. Like and you didn't when you're a kid and you're wearing cologne or perfume, you don't just spray it once. You know, you don't wear let it wear you. You tried to wear it. <laughs> and I I think I found the root of my problems here.
3: I okay what age are we talking for this cotton eight, candy show like Eight, nineteen
1: ninety-eight, nineteen ninety-nine, 1998 1999
3: somewhere around there And you were you were about 8 years old yeah. 9 years old
1: it's not because like you're you're not letting an eight year old buy perfume. This is more just like a body spray. This is this is like juicy or what is it? The lip smackers. Do you guys do you yes, remember those? Yes, I remember
3: lip smackers. That
1: was candy that you put on and, and called it chapstick. Like that's this version. Yeah. This isn't like buying a fancy perfume for your eight year old to cover up eight year old musk. I don't even know if there is such a thing. It's not like it's the pre prepubescent version right. of right body of like body spray body mist whatever you want to call it
3: okay so this is about the same era did you wear uh, did you wear jellies did you wear jelly shoes hell
1: yeah i did okay
3: those absolutely. things absolutely fresh out the box they smelled like fruit right didn't they smell like cherries or strawberries or something like that
1: it was like the combination of cheap plastic and the cherries but yes yeah. you did get a nice scent of it
3: and it lasted one day and mm-hmm. then it smelled like kids cheap plastic. kids feet or cheap plastic so my 10 year old I, I was uh <laughs> so he plays like in two soccer leagues, plays in a baseball league. So I'm taking his cleats out and I'm making sure that they, they you know, I don't know, it rained during game, making sure they're dry, and they smelled awful. Like they rivaled any smell I've smelled in an NHL dressing room, in an NFL locker room. Like they smelled pungent. Stings the nostrils. You know, like Sex Panther, like from Anchorman. Like just it's sixty percent of the time it works every time. Like it smelled terrible and i thought wow okay he's now crossed that threshold from little kids smell where they can run around all day and they don't smell bad to now like i gotta keep an eye on this so if all this is to say like if there is a boy's version of lip smack or something this side of or not lip smack or whatever the body mist you're talking about this side of Axe for boys this age like my kid needs it
1: it well it has to be old spice right
3: for 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 little boy I would I would hope it'd be something like it just like smell like a dryer sheet. You know what I mean? (laughs) Have him like like, rub
1: it all over his body and it'll smell like linen. Like why does a
3: Yankee like Yankee Candle, they're like, you know what we're good at? It's like what's that Yankee candle? We're good at putting smells into wax. Yankee candle, that's genius. What about smells into like the air? And they'd be like, No, no, we put him in wax and we charge you 20 bucks a candle. You're like, just
1: have your son stand by a burning candle for a few hours and we'll see if he like picks it up.
3: That's well, what would he pick up is he would be a flame like he's accident prone like his father. Like we're not none of that's helping anybody. I, I just, oh man, I, it feels like you putting on this body spray stuff, even at the grocery store at eight, nine. I'm not telling your parents how to parent, but that feels like too early. That feels like too soon for that because all it led is to now you having $1000 perfume taste.
1: Well, it's not $1000 perfume taste. Mm. It's just very selective perfume taste because mm. I don't want to get sick. I mean seriously, I remember oh. a few months ago when I was changing perfumes cuz my I ran out of Tory Burch, which is a, not an expensive one. Don't yes, take your head is. There. It No is. it's not. That's like $80 a bottle. That's, That's not expensive. that expensive. It's nope. not on the spectrum of expensive perfumes. That's very much like a median one because you buy one bottle of it and it lasts you for a little bit. But I again, okay. I went away from it for a while. Right. I tried to go back to it after my actual expensive perfume, mm-hmm. which is Byredo Mojave Ghost. Once I ran out of that, how much like, does that run you? Like two eighty. It's expensive, but that's it's expensive. But again, I went through the entire Nordstrom perfume department. I think they were so sick of me by the time I was there. Like left. Mm-hmm. I found the one that didn't make me sick. I buy the, I get I go okay. there. I get the samples first. I wear them for a while, and any one that like I can't handle, I'm like, all right, rule that out. So I went back and bought the expensive one. Yes. I ran out of the expensive one. Was gonna go back to the Tory Burch, and I put it on. I was like, man, this is actually making me physically not feel good.
3: So, do you need like whatever the gluten free version of perfume is? Like, do you need like a hypoallergenic
1: perfume? Yes, I need like the most sensitive one that's not going to overpower anything. That's yeah. what I need.
3: I like that you're going up in price. You're like, I started with Tory Birch and you're like, Cool, how much is that? eighty. And then you're like, I like the Mojave Ghost now. And what's that? two eighty. You're like, cool. Next week we're gonna talk about this. You're like, I like the one called Kremlin, and you're like, What's Kremlin? And you're like, Well, it's made from Russian dictator tears. and it runs about a thousand dollars a bottle. And you're like, Oh, okay, like you're just escalating. We're trying to like I'm trying to have an intervention I'm intervening on your spiraling perfume costs. That's all.
1: And I appreciate that. I, I think that nobody wants to smell like musk unless you unless that's your thing. I don't think that anybody enjoys their own muskiness, especially your your 12-year-old son. I don't believe... 12, right?
3: Uh, 10. 10. 10. Okay. Yeah. So
1: it's they're starting earlier and earlier. Getting <laughs> stinky.
3: But if I said, I was like, nobody wants to smell like musk, he'd be like, what, the Twitter guy, Dad? And I'd be like, that's <laughs> funny. That's commentary. We can't, we can't go there.
1: All right. Let's go to the phone. CC call in line. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. say ESPN, Roy, the truck driver. You're on ESPN radio.
4: Hey, Hey, I remember how y'all doing. How y'all doing? I remember, I think Aramis was my first one. And your question about the, uh, um, aftershave after you shave, you put that aftershave on to close your pores up because your pores are open while you're shaving.
1: Okay. And
4: then you close them up. So, and then you put your cologne on, but now I
1: use fierce. Have you ever heard fierce? I have not.
4: fantastic.
1: Who who does it?
4: Oh, Abercrombie Abercrombie and Finch.
1: Okay, okay. Abercrombie Fierce. No, I actually know what this is because I was talking about Abercrombie 8, which was the scent of the entire store that they bottled into a perfume that you could smell like Abercrombie (laughs) away from Abercrombie and Finch. And now I remember seeing Fierce was like the secondary scent because it wasn't as obnoxious and overpowering as Abercrombie 8, but it got the job done. So Abercrombie Fierce, Roy the truck driver, wearing that one. I I, I might have to go check that one out. And
3: Let's, he's he's Fierce is kind
1: of an intimidating name, though. Fierce makes yeah. you think like this thing is going to overpower you.
3: Aramis does overpower. They still make Aramis, and they use it to de-barnacalize boats. Oh no, I it, I just <laughs> thought they might. I don't, it's just it's what my dad wears every time he comes to visit. We have to, like, I, I have to open the windows in the room that he stays in. I got to wash the sheets. I got to wash everything. Like, it is – I got to fumigate. It's All right. strong. All
1: right, let's find out if anybody else has de-barnacled a boat with their perfume or cologne. <laughs> Stephen Virginia, you're on ESPN Radio. What you got?
4: Hey, how's it going? So, well, Chris, uh, thanks for having me on. Chris told my thunder earlier, but I will say uh, back in the day when it first came out, uh, the Jakar Noir was the uh, – the scene, the scene in the Bay Area of California where I grew up at. But then uh, I joined the service in '94, and then that's when the CK1 Cologne came out, and I would rock that for quite a while after that.
1: I had a boy, that's, Steve. Randy was talking about that one. You know what's remarkable to me, though? Like after all these years, and we had a caller. I believe it was Judith in Indiana, yeah. or no, it was Tammy in Alabama. Yeah. Some of the like signature scents. They still advertise for them on TV, whether it's White Diamonds, whether it's Light Blue by Dolce & Gabbana. I literally was watching NFL live when I was on air earlier White and diamonds. saw the commercial. Why are, that's the next question. Why are these commercials always so suggestive They're, in nature and why is there just, always a guy in a speedo?
3: There's just breathy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy <laughs> in the speedo is sort of just, you know, universal. But yeah, I remember Elizabeth Taylor through some like gossamer, ephemeral sort of like you know, window curtains, and she had just spilling diamonds. She was so rich, she had hands full of diamonds just dropping them. And then they'd say, what are you wearing? And she'd say, white diamonds.
1: Can certainly relate it. to uh, spilling diamonds with that uh, excess that we have here. Courtney Cronin, and Randy Kremlin. Scott just dripping in uh, Kremlin tears. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the new scent that I actually have to go try out. Uh, we want you to keep weighing in on this Clone and perfume. What was your first one that you started wearing as a kid? What do you wear now? Maybe you can give Randy some tips here so he can go out smelling fresh and clean as he goes onto Sports Center tomorrow. Plus, we're gonna get it, go out to TD Garden for some actual. Sports news here on the Worldwide Leaders Radio Network. Update for Game 5. That's coming up next right here on Canty and Carlin ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion,
0: drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle Cash With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
2: Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... This is the Kantian Carlin Podcast puts up a three against Vincent and he drills it Tatum gives the Celtics their largest lead Tatum shot left wing it bounces around and drops the bounce is finally falling the Celtics way and now they trail three to one with game five on Thursday back in Boston as they win game four we've played good basketball all season
4: long exception for this last three or four games but we got to just keep going the time might turn you got to get ready for the next one
1: It is win or go home, or go to the offseason, for the Boston Celtics. They have Game 5 at the Garden tonight against the Miami Heat. Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. You can hear that coverage right here on ESPN Radio, beginning 8 p.m. Eastern time. For now, this is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. And the ESPN app, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance, Randy Scott, Courtney Cronin, pleased to welcome in Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer who was on site for this game five, which tips off in just a couple hours. And we know about the injuries on the heat side of this matchup. And one that I don't know is getting enough pub on the Celtics side of things. What is the latest you can tell us about the injury to Malcolm Brogdon and potentially what that means for the Celtics if he's not able to go at full health tonight?
4: Well, Courtney, Malcolm Brogdon's been dealing with the same thing for the past several games. I don't believe he's on the injury report today um, for today's game, and I expect he'll be out there in some fashion uh, tonight in Game 5. The fact, the matter is, over the past couple games, he just hasn't played as well as Grant Williams, and Grant Williams has gotten a bunch more minutes. And I think if that continues to be the case here in Game 5, I think it'll be a similar adjustment from Joe Missoula, having Grant Williams out there, a bigger, more physical body, to throw at Jimmy Butler. I know everybody made a big deal of him getting into it with Jimmy in game two, but Grant Williams is a big physical guy. He's a smart defender, and I, I think is about as good of an option as they have on Jimmy. At the end of that game, too, Jimmy just made some ridiculous shots down the stretch. So, um, you know, obviously it will be a significant thing if Malcolm continues to miss shots, but he was playing with the same injury in game one. He hit a bunch of shots, and I think overall, the real thing to watch for in this game you know, for both sides, is the three-point shooting. I think if if we look at the at the end of this game tonight, if you know Miami is under forty percent from three, I think you'll feel pretty good about Boston's chances of advancing to a game six. And if the Heat are hitting shots, similarly, I'll feel pretty good about their chances of closing this thing out and getting to the NBA Finals with the Denver Nuggets will wait them.
3: When I when I look uh, here, Tim, at, at the disparity in shooting in Game Four, in particular, it felt like Boston got back to the kind of offensive team that it was for the regular season and for most of these playoffs, quite frankly, and it seemed like Miami finally came back to earth. I'm wondering if that's just yeah. a one-game one-off or if that is sort of a regression or ascension to the mean, depending on which sideline you're on. Like, How sustainable is what we saw from the Celtics and, I guess, from the Heat in Game 4 now heading into Game 5?
4: Well, listen. It was a hundred percent regression to the mean on both sides. So through the first three games of this series, Randy, the Heat were shooting forty-eight percent from three on over thirty attempts a game. That's obviously ridiculously good, right? They were one of the, the worst during the regular 29%. season. Yeah, that's right. Now, so there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack here, right? So the Celtics, the, the Heat shot forty-eight percent. Celtics shot twenty-nine percent. Celtics hit forty percent of their threes in Game Four. When they hit forty percent of their threes between the regular season and the playoffs. Boston is 37-2. and two. When the Celtics don't hit 40% of their threes, they are 29-31. So they become a basically a run-of-the-mill team when they don't hit threes, and they're unbeatable when they do. So on the Boston side, if the Celtics hit threes, like if, if Boston hits 40% of their threes tonight, this year is going to game six, I think, almost regardless of what happens at the other end of the court. But you mentioned how Miami was 27th in three-point shooting in the regular season. Randy, and that's been one of the more fascinating things about these playoffs. Because if you look over the past few years, the Heat have been traditionally an excellent three-point shooting team. And this year in the regular season, they couldn't hit a shot. And in the playoffs, guys like Gabe Vincent, who's obviously not playing, Max Strus, Duncan Robinson, you know, Caleb Martin shooting out of his mind, all of those guys other than Caleb Martin are basically back to their regular season averages over the course of their career that they just couldn't get to in the regular season, this season. So obviously the heat went from being a team that was inconsistent and struggled with their offense during the, during the year, which is why they were an eight seed to a team that now looks like the, the one that was the number one seed in last year's playoffs and took Boston to seven games. And to your point about regression that, you know, can the heat continue to shoot that way? Like they have throughout these playoffs or are they going to start to get cold at the wrong time? And will the Celtics hit some shots? So, It's obviously a make-or-miss league on a lot of respects, but I do think in this series in particular, with the way these teams are matched up, who is hitting threes is going to tell you a huge part of the story of how the rest of the series goes.
1: Talking with Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining Courtney Cronin and Randy Scott here on Canty and Carlin. There was a time not that long ago where this Boston Celtics team got embarrassed in Game 3. We were wondering, how is that going to affect Joe Missoula's job security, potentially, if this team got swept. They avoided the sweep, but there's still questions that remain about the coaching staff, about the core that they have with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and are they going to spend nearly $600 million to keep that group together this summer? How did or did not getting swept in this series, how does that affect things and what they're going to do potentially when this thing ends if they are losing tonight or tomorrow or next time?
4: Well, I, I think, you know, I, it's, it's hard to know for sure what the future is going to look like, especially with a team is, as screwy as the Celtics, which I fully expect the series, frankly, to go to a game seven. And then I think the Miami Heat will probably win. And that would be a very fitting way for, uh, for this, this series and this season for the Celtics to come to an end. But I would say that, you know, obviously winning the other night, um, winning the other night and getting out of that out of Miami without getting swept. I thought that was a pretty significant thing for Boston overall. Obviously, if they had lost another rough game, like in that game three, um, you know, you certainly could have felt a certain type of way about this team and where they're headed. But I, I still, if you look at this group, they've got everybody under contract moving forward. They've got arguably the best wing tandem in the league, in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, um, which is, you know, the kind of two-way wing players everybody's looking for. You know, there's obviously been some criticism of Joe Missoula, but I thought he pushed every, every red button in game four, and remember, guys, these guys were second in offense and second in defense this season. The last team to be in the top two in both offense and defense over a season was the first year that KD was in Golden State with the Warriors. And then I know Courtney was there with me. She knows how good that team was. So, you know, to me, I think the Celtics are in pretty good shape. Obviously, they have not broken through and won a championship. But they're on their third coach in three years. They had to go through a lot of chaos this season with the whole situation with Ime I think Joe has handled it about as well as he could. I think he's a really bright young coach. They've got a really talented young roster. I would avoid uh, reacting too much to this specific playoff run, and I would keep this thing rolling going forward. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the next several days, and maybe we'll still be talking about the Celtics a month from now because if there's any team that's ever going to come back from down 0-3 in a series, it's going to be a team like this Boston Celtics team that has a ton of talent And from night to night, you just never know which side of them is going to show up.
1: Again, we will see if they keep rolling on here in a couple of hours. Tip-off of Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals taking place in Boston tonight. Tim Bontemps will be on site for that game and more covering the Celtics throughout this series. Tim, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you guys soon. Or Randy, should say. Sorry. Talk to you guys soon. <laughs> Later, bud.
1: <laughs> all right, straight ahead. Get up and get down. Dan Orlovsky put out his list for the top five NFC quarterbacks under pressure. Randy and I are going to go through that and figure out, is it right? Is it wrong? And more coming up next here on Canyon Carlin, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any.
2: Canty and Carlin, the podcast.
1: Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, sitting in for Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hit us up on the phones. Triple eight, say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Since you came in, with was so fresh and so clean. We've got to ask you, what was the first cologne or perfume that you started wearing as a kid? We have a multitude of answers here from those of you hitting us up on the CC call-in line. Randy has told you his story about wearing Michael Jordan's perfume. I've told you how my nose can't handle many perfumes, but we make it work here at ESPN Radio. And another thing that we make work is the list. We're in list season. We talk about things like perfume. That's perfect summer sports talk radio. So are the list of quarterbacks that are under pressure, those who need to prove the most in the 2023 season. And now it's time for Get Up, Get Down.
2: It's get up in the morning. Good morning. It is time to get up. up. But in the afternoon, we get down. Get down on it. It's time for Get Up, Get Down. Get down on it.
1: A perfect segue here on Canty and Carlin. Dan Orlovsky gave us his top five NFC quarterbacks under the most pressure to perform in 2023. Coming in at number five, Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals. Number four, Dak Prescott of the Dallas Cowboys. Giants, Daniel Jones at three. Justin Fields of the Bears at two. And number one, the guy who's going to be starting only his second career game. Under center for the Green Bay Packers, that's Jordan Love. Here's Dan Orlovsky, ESPN football analyst, explaining why Jordan Love has more pressure on him than any other quarterback in the NFC.
3: I know this, Aaron Rodgers, the guy that's no longer there for Jordan Love, is going to play
4: remarkable football.
3: And we will make that contrast comparison because both teams are talented. So Jordan Love's got to have a season. I agree the Packers should be a playoff football team. A lot of people think they're going to stink. I don't. This is a roster that is loaded with talent. Well, and Brian Gunekunst, their general manager, has got to be sitting there going, please prove that I was, there. I was right in that decision.
1: I understand it from that perspective. You want to prove the front office right. You want to prove, hey, it was worth drafting you with the first-round pick in the 2020 NFL draft and setting all of the things in motion to get Aaron Rodgers out of Green Bay. But what can you expect for somebody who's just learning the offense? Truly, as a starting quarterback, it's a completely different role than being a backup. And all we're hearing out of Green Bay is that it takes time. He's got to have time in the offense, time on task. Those excuses, if you want to call them that, those reasonings aren't going away anytime soon. So to expect that he's going to go from it takes time to I'm proving a ton this season and winning a lot of games and going to the playoffs, as Dan Orlovsky thinks, I I don't know about that.
3: No, I don't know about it either. And he's also got to deal with the fact that he's playing in Aaron Rodgers' shadow and that Rodgers took, you know... Uh, Lazard and, and Randall cut like the cupboard has been kind of raided. You know what I mean on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, the ground game is still there. You know, you still have AJ Dillon You you still have Jones, but I don't know. I, I I look at the receiving options or lack thereof, and you better hope that there's a leap from Watson. You know, their first or rather second round pick from the year before at wide receiver. Like I I don't I don't have Jordan Love at the top of my list. I I have Dak Prescott at the top of my list. I have a couple. I have. I, you could argue three NFC East quarterbacks. I, I put Jalen Hurts on there as well. Like Hurts has the massive. He has the weight of the massive contract, and he has the weight of expectation for a roster that is even. I he, that is the most complete roster in the NFL is the Philadelphia Eagles. So, getting back to the Super Bowl isn't good enough. They, imagine that the pressure is winning the Super Bowl. Anything short of that is a is a failure of a season and that's going to fall on the on, on your quarterback's shoulders. So I put Jalen Hurts as number one, and then I put Dak Prescott at two. I could put uh, Justin Fields at three. Derek Carr in New Orleans is four. The future of his career is riding on this season with an offense that should put up points. He can't control what the defense does. And then five, I, I don't know, five, I guess, maybe Justin Fields.
1: Fields, a f- fair one, because he would be up for a contract extension following yeah. this year, and if he performs well, you'd like to think that they'd want to keep him. But mm-hmm. again... He still has a lot to prove, just as much as Jordan Love, who Dan Orlovsky has as his top quarterback in the NFC with the most pressure. Straight ahead, how did not getting swept change the Celtics' approach this offseason? And what does it mean for Jalen Brown? That's next. Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio.
2: Thanks for listening to
0: the Kanti and Carlin Podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN
2: Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Kanti and Carlin, the podcast.